So now we're going to turn to uh, our scripture lesson for this morning. We're going to go to Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. It is, uh, this piece comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. So Paul's writing, by the way, to a church that has a lot of conflict. There's a lot of disagreement in this early church, not that we've ever known anything like that in the present day. Um, people disagree on who to follow as terms of leadership. People are disagreeing about practices, uh, what's wrong, what's right, what can you do, what can't you do. Um, and they're also having quite a bit of disagreement about when is the second coming. Um, many believed, including Paul, um, that uh, Jesus' uh, Jesus' return was imminent, and at first, uh, when Jesus ascended into heaven, there was this belief that he's coming back right away. Nobody's even going to die. Um, and then the years went on, and people had to start rethinking their faith. So that's the that's the context. That's the situation into which Paul is writing these words. Paul writes this: Listen. I will tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on immortality. And when this perishable body puts on Im imperishability and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Thank you for this old word, God, that is made new in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Open us up to what it means to be immovable in faith to be faithful in this time. Amen. Amen. As I plan for worship, uh, one of my first considerations always is, uh, what is this Sunday in light of the church calendar, the national calendar? You know, late winter into spring, we move through Lent and then Easter. And then once spring comes, we move through Easter and Mother's Day. Father's Day, Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, we have a pattern of life together. So last Sunday we celebrated All Saints Sunday in honor of All Saints Day. Um, next Sunday we celebrate Christ the King, the last uh, Sunday of the church calendar, but also Thanksgiving Sunday. Then we move into the four Sundays of Advent and Christmas and Epiphany. All these Sundays are marked with very particular readings and themes and practices. But what about this Sunday? 
I wondered. I mean, it's close to Veterans Day, and that is uh, why uh, Jim honored our veterans and those in the service with the uh, special music he just played and the flowers on our altar uh, share in that honoring. But what else? What about this Sunday? It's kind of ordinary, really. In fact, it may even be marked as one of the Sundays in the church calendar that's called Ordinary Time. But I am marking it something different. I'm marking it that this Sunday is in the meantime. It's a Sunday about living in the meantime. Because it isn't a celebration of what was this morning, nor is it exactly about what's to come, although it hints strongly of Advent, which is the season of waiting. Our experience, I'm sure yours and mine connect in many ways. That experience of waiting, that meantime, you've, you've taken a medical test, but you don't know the results, right? You're waiting, you're waiting. The election even, I had no idea this was going to unfold like this when I was writing this sermon earlier, but the election, you voted, we voted. And so we should know, but we don't quite all know yet. Our denomination, so many of you have wondrously been part of the, the class that Jane Ellen Nichols has been uh, teaching this uh, fall uh, after worship about what's gone on in our denomination of United Methodism and what will happen. We can learn so much and then we wait. We find ourselves in the meantime. And so what are we to do and how are we to be in this middle between what was and what will be? And whether that seriously, whether it is our physical health, our family situations, the denomination, our nation. What do we do in this middle time? I told you when the Apostle Paul writes this to the early believers, one of their issues he was addressing was exactly that. What do we do in this meantime? What do we do during this time of waiting? If Jesus was going to come back right away, and that's what we believed, and no one would die before he would return, and that is what we believed, what they believed, and then these days and months and years went by, and there was no second coming, not yet. The people, the believers, had to decide, how are we going to live then, right now? How will we live? You know, that, that um, letter was probably written, you know, there's always some question about when these letters were written, but it was most likely written in the mid-50s A.D., the mid-50s A.D., probably something like 30 years after the death of Jesus. So certainly many believers had died. They had to acknowledge that, yes, they were holding on in faith, as we do, that Jesus will come again, um, that there will be some moment when we are taken into heaven. But what happens if we're living like them? In the meantime, in the meantime, how will they go forward? Now, that particular scripture I just read to you, we often read in part of the funeral liturgy. But most often, interestingly, without that last verse, after that question and the answer about um, mortal bodies putting on immortality, 
but then there is this last line. There is this last line which says this, therefore my believers, my beloved, be steadfast, right? So while you're waiting, and we don't know when the end time will come, Paul says in the same way that Jesus himself said, hey, this is up to God. Uh, we don't know the day and time. So since we don't know and, and we're living in this meantime, this middle ground, Paul says, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that the Lord, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's the very last verse to that passage. So we don't know everything. In fact, sometimes we may feel like we know virtually nothing. <laughs> and Paul confirms that. It's a mystery. But it doesn't end there. It ends with, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, always excelling in the work of the Lord now. Now. This is the day, and when the, when the um, kids worship, we sing, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us be steadfast in the work of the Lord today. It has been interesting to me how often I have gone back to our Lenten study uh, that was the five essential practices of the Christian life uh, under the, the book in, uh, by the, uh, Adam Hamilton. It's not so much the stories, um, the writing, or the videos that have stuck with me, but rather the framework. The framework that, the framework that, um, the banging of the, when you get your messenger this, this uh, next couple of weeks, you'll, you might want to reference what I had to say about the banging of the, of the radiators. It's all good. It's all good. It was a slight distraction there. Anyway, the five, the five disciplines and practices that Adam Hamilton points out that are essential to our lives. Worship and prayer, and he puts those together. Study, serving, giving, sharing. And by that he meant witnessing. So through these days for us of waiting, of preparing, of watching in these days of meantime, we have been collectively, us here in the sanctuary and those who join us remotely, we've been doing these very things. I feel really hopeful. We've been worshiping together. I, we've continued to see growth in our in-person worship and we continue to hear from persons who worship with us um, remotely about how important this is for us to worship together physically and online. The, the study, um, like I referenced earlier, many of you have been part of this uh, exploring Methodist study that Jane Ellen has led all fall. It's so funny to me and good that um, people say to me they, uh, something they learned. Did you know that something about our Methodist uh, history or going forward? And a lot of times I didn't know it and I should have gone to the class. So. Um, all that, all that learning that we've done. Uh, Wednesday mornings and evenings, we were able to do a study called Called. There's a men's group that continues to meet. We're coming up to a whole series of Advent, three different opportunities for us to be together. Service. I can't even list everything. How you've all volunteered and stepped forward for Children's Church and Sunday School. 
for a soup kitchen, for the second harvest food box delivery that we're a site, we're now up to delivering 80 boxes from this church. 80, 80 different individuals come to Stone who qualify for a senior food box. And we have uh, many, we've got quite a number of folks now that help people get their boxes to their car. We have communion stewards and counters and board members and your response to saying yes to being on various committees and worship teams has been remarkable. Giving, last week in our bake sale for little Ellie who is being treated for a very serious form of cancer as a four year old, you collectively raised $700 that was just sent to Ellie's parents this week. The UMCOR buckets, your responses already to the letter from the finance committee, you're on it, we're on it. This is how we're gonna live steadfast in the meantime. And witnessing, sharing. When we tell someone we're gonna pray for them, we do it. You know, when I, when I sent that check to Ellie's parents and said, this is to help you with whatever you need. And we want you to know that every single Sunday we pray for Ellie and her family. We've promised prayer to people and we do. And when every broadcast I, I say, whether it's here, whether persons hear us at home or hear us um, here in this sanctuary, we collectively say that God does not abandon us. Even when we've turned away from God, we are not alone. God is with us, and that is in the season coming up of Advent. What do we sing about? Emmanuel. It means God with us. So in the meantime, in this time in which we're neither here nor there in so many ways, uh, when we feel maybe at times a little like sitting back or holding back or sometimes giving up, I remind you of these words from Paul. Paul's words to us about how we're to live in these mean time times. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So we know that, we believe that, and we are uh, celebrate that this day. Amen. <laughs>